Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of the Nora Speaks podcast. I am your host, Nora Muhammad, and I'm grateful that you have joined me again in listening to this podcast. I pray that you have enjoyed it. You've enjoyed um, previous episodes, my interviews with wonderful uh, and insightful guests. And um, if you haven't done so already, I would urge you to leave a review, leave a rating um, for the Nora Speaks podcast, because this is how others are able to find the podcast and glean the same insights that you have. Um, ratings and reviews and shares uh, making it make a big impact in how uh, podcasts are distributed uh, and are made available. So I would urge you to do so and I thank you in advance. Um, and as you can hear, I'm sitting at the foot of the Atlantic Ocean watching the waves uh, thunder against the water, watching the water rise up on the sands and This is one way that I de-stress. This is one way that I recharge my battery. I consider it sitting at the feet of God as you watch the beauty and the power, the love and the fury of the ocean, of the waves. Um, And it's an amazing sight. And this is how I recharge. And I would urge that you find your way to recharge and to do so periodically. We live in a world um, that wants us to work, 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 or employers, many of them, care very little for our emotional and mental well-being. Um, it is uh, sometimes rare that we can find a company, a corporation, or an entity to care about the whole person, um, not just you as an employer and your product and output, but also about you as a person, as a mother, as a husband, as a father, as a wife. Um, so I would urge you to find your way and to take responsibility and leadership in this and to teach our children how to do the same. This is important, I think, to share because it's, it's something that we, uh, we lack or we don't take the time out to or we put it off or we'll say we'll do it later or we think, but there's not enough money in the budget yet. But it is something that we have to prioritize. You know, your way may not be coming to the Atlantic Ocean and sitting at the foot um, of the water like I have. Maybe your way is just taking a walk. Maybe your way is, I don't know, um, playing a game of pool or taking a swim. Whatever it is that you do that you find refreshing and uh, and something that recharges your battery, do that and and, and help our children understand that they too have to practice self-care. And I think that uh, if we took more time to take a break and to uh, look at the stars or to look at the clouds or to be outside, to be outdoors, um, I think that we'll be able to uh, find peace easier in a world that wants us to go, 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 and that causes stress, stress, stress. So, you know, make sure you always uh, make a point to do that and prioritize that. But this episode of Nora Speaks, I really want to talk about um, something that I saw on Facebook recently, and I think that as women um, who are listening 
that we have to be very careful of the messages that we consume. Um, we know when we say you are what you eat physically, that same goes and applies spiritually. We are what we eat. And uh, fortunately or unfortunately, you know, it just is that we will uh, produce and we will bring forth that which we consume. So it, we have to be very conscientious. Um, I saw a meme on Facebook that said something to the effect of, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but um, one thing that a woman must know is to never need a man or to never depend on a man. And I found that to be very, very offensive as a wife uh, of a black man, as a mother of uh, two young black men. I find that incredibly offensive. And I would find that offensive if I wasn't married, if I didn't have sons. The fact that there's a message being spread about us not needing a man um, when it takes a man to make us, to create us. We are not made, created, and brought to birth with only a female's contribution. It takes the male and the female's contribution to create life. And so just like it takes the male contribution to create life, it also takes the male contribution to support and sustain life. Um, and without that, then there's going to be an imbalance. So we cannot allow messages to break our mental barrier that teaches us to not need men or to degrade men or to demean men. And we have to be careful because there is a trick that's being played on the minds of women today, black women in particular. Um, and it's trying to get us to confuse women's empowerment with uh, the disempowerment or the denigration of men. And so I think that um, I think it's important that I just take a pause and talk about this and share my insights on this and, and, and my perspective on this because I, I believe that if we pass these kind of messages on to our daughters and our sons, that not only is it hurtful, but it's also destructive. We have been in America for 400 years, quite frankly, without the, uh, without the uh, protection of the black man because he wasn't protected, because he was victimized and brutalized just like the black woman was. And the remnants of uh, that awful degradation and that awful experience is what we see today. It is still here. Um, the dysfunction that we have in our families, um, the inability for us to come together and create schools and to create hospitals and to uh, be an independent society like we see other groups of people doing so, that's a remnant of the destruction that the slavery experience had on us. So this is something that we're going to talk about um, I would urge you to open up your minds because the way that I'm going to present my arguments may be, well, will be very contrary to what we find in the mainstream because the mainstream is not interested in our well-being emotionally, mentally, or physically. You know, the mainstream wants us to be consumers. Either it's of uh, uh, content that is on television or in movies or in music that separates the male from female or they want us to be consumers of medications because we're consuming um, foods and um, products that make us physically ill with the processed diet that we have. You know, they want us to be consumers of their wisdom, their thought, and their ideas, um, but we have to be consumers of a divine wisdom, of divine guidance. Um, and, you know, North Speaks is not a religious podcast per se. I'm not a religious person. I really don't necessarily care 
you know, for the effects that religion has had, you know, on on people, on my people specifically. But I'm definitely interested in the truth, and I believe that that is um, the best religion, um, practicing, understanding, and recognizing truth. So we're going to talk about that in this episode of Nora Speaks. So as I said, um, I wanted to talk about um, the meme that I saw on Facebook and to quote it exactly, it says, the smartest thing a woman can learn is to never need a man. Um, I would suggest that the smartest thing a woman would know is the difference between truth from falsehood um, because it is messages like this that uh, are very, very destructive and very, very divisive. Uh, in our families, in our homes, and in our communities. I mean, I've never heard a man talk about not needing a woman or taking pride in not needing a woman. Um, Women are necessary just as men are necessary. And as women, we must know that um, we are no more valuable than men are. Uh, And, you know, there's, there's... uh, the teaching to boys, you know, you have to respect a woman, elevate a woman, open a door for a woman. You know, and, and when I hear uh, our young men being encouraged to uh, be chivalrous and uh, to value women, I wonder to myself, and are women or are girls also being taught, one, to regard herself and treat herself with dignity and respect so that when she's elevated on a pedestal, um, then she's not making a fool of the person who elevated her uh, because she's being dignified and respectable. And I also wonder, are the girls who, are, uh, who, are, who we want to elevate and uphold and respect, if they're also being taught to uphold and respect men and boys for the intrinsic value that they bring? Often I hear it as a one-way street. You know, we take pride in our young men being gentlemen to honor and respect women, but what about the girls that we push to honor and respect the, the value of our boys and of our black men? This is a message that we are not hearing often enough. This is a message that our girls are not hearing often enough. I mean, certainly a young man uh, should get the door for the young lady, should carry something heavy for the young lady um, and all of that. But that is because he has a role and that role is protection and that role can be provider. Um, and so that what he provides also uh, is respectable and should be respected and that we should teach our, our daughters the same. So there's just a few points I'm going to share on my thoughts about this uh, message. The smartest thing a woman can learn is to never need a man. My first question is, who benefits from this message? Do women benefit from a message uh, that you'll never need a man? Do men benefit from this message that you'll never need a woman? I know that it is important that we have whole, strong families. I know that that's best for children. I know it is best that children are raised in a household with their mother and father and uh, who can model a healthy relationship, even if that relationship is a relationship of struggling to maintain the marriage or building um, a future together. 
you know, we, we have to discard the Cinderella uh, fairy tale dream fantasy that doesn't exist. Anything that we work for or strive for or hope for is going to have um, hills and valleys. And that's just a cycle of life. So our children benefit from their mother and their father being in a home together raising children. But when we perpetrate this message or, or um, support messages, promote messages that a woman should not need a man, what are we telling our sons? What kind of a message is this for our boys that you're not needed? And what is what kind of a message is this for our girls that he's not needed, but you need him to create life? You know, I mean, if we want to really get a little more scientific is the male's uh, contribution within within his sperm that determines if your child's sister is going to be a boy or a girl. It is his it is his uh, his contribution that determines that. It is not ours. Um, if we understand that we you know have the XX and the male brings the XY, that it is his contribution that determines that. So if his contribution determines even the sex and gender of our children then certainly we cannot uh, allow ourselves to consume and, and honor such messages as this. A second point I want to share is that we have to remember and understand that the woman's empowerment is not gained by the man's disempowerment. You know, so for, for women to be, um, to be empowered, and when I use the word empower, I guess I should be very clear I'm not talking about the uh, independent talk that talks about women um, not needing a man. That's not the empowerment that I'm talking about. I'm talking about education. I'm talking about knowledge. I'm talking about information. Because when we have that, then we make informed choices, informed decisions. I believe that a nation will rise no higher than its woman. I believe that the woman is the nation's first teacher, first doctor, first nurse. So... If the woman is educated, if the woman is intelligent, if the woman is civilized and cultured, then the children will be as well. That's the women's empowerment that I'm talking about, knowledge, information, and the use of it, which demonstrates wisdom. That's the empowerment that you will hear me refer to, not the empowerment that divides us from our men and suggests that we don't need them. Because as far as I'm concerned, that's also disempowering women. So... We have to remember that it is not that we denigrate men to lift ourselves up. In fact, when we are united with our men, when we are loving our men and our men are loving us, when we are valuing our men and our men are valuing us, it is my belief that that's when we are empowered um, and when he's empowered. When we um, have a knowledge of ourselves, have a knowledge of our history, know this together, pass it on to our children. To me, that's empowerment. Um, so in any kind of relationship, whether it's a romantic relationship, whether it's uh, your, your children, or whether it's siblings, it is not for us to um, try to break somebody down to lift ourselves up because quite frankly, if you or I have to break somebody down to lift ourselves up, then we're still not elevated. Um, our elevation comes because of our own value. Our elevation comes because of the knowledge 
of who we are. Our elevation comes because of the respect that we have for ourselves. That is our elevation. Our elevation is not in de-elevating someone or bringing someone down or denigrating somebody. Um, So let's be very careful that when we're talking women's empowerment, it is not talking about disempowering anybody. Uh, It is not women's rights and gaining women's rights is not about stripping men of their rights. It is just simply about women's rights. So for me, also, what comes to mind when I think about this uh, awful quote, the smartest thing a woman can learn is to never need a man, I think about the feminist or women's movement, and if it includes fighting for our human rights, uh, let alone our civil rights, but the human rights of black women. Um, and when if we're talking about the rights, the human rights of black women, then that does not, it cannot exclude the black boy and the black man and the black family. So just historically, uh, let's be clear that when black people in the 60s were fighting for civil rights, meaning fighting to enjoy the rights that the founders of this country had established in the Constitution for white uh, Americans, um, because let's be clear, the, the founding of this country was not for us. It was not for black people. Um, black people served this country, built this country, um, bled and, and, and were enslaved so that this country could be as rich and as powerful as it is. But we were not uh, a thought in the founding um, of this great nation. Um, we were the chattel slavery. They owned us like they owned their horses and their cows. And in fact about it, um, often their animals were treated better than we were treated. So in the 60s, when we were fighting to establish our ability to enjoy the same rights as white Americans, this was a time when we were still not having our human rights respected and honored. Honoring someone's human rights or respecting it means that they are not going to be raped because... Um, someone feels like raping a woman. They're not going to be lynched because somebody feels like lynching a nigga. That is, that is not honoring someone's human rights. And this was our experience, that we were at the, uh, uh, the, the will of our uh, slave master, of white Americans. We were literally at their mercy, and they had no mercy in them. So in the 60s, when we're fighting for civil rights, this is a time when our human rights were still not being respected, still not being acknowledged. And quite frankly, in what we see, it's still not acknowledged today. So I wonder, does this women's movement, does it honor the uh, humanity of black women? Or is it a movement that's, that, that uses the brilliance of black women, uses the abilities of black women, but really does it just uh, promote the needs and desires and wishes of Caucasian women? And the reason why this question comes to mind is because in all of the uh, videos of police brutality against black women, of all of the indignities that I've watched black women suffer at the hands of the police, and their children, their sons have suffered, not one time did I hear or see any uh, Caucasian women or did I see the white or the, the feminist movement 
or women's movement as a whole come out against this. The, the harshness, the mistreatment, the maltreatment towards black women. I have not, uh, and, and, and if this has happened, please do um, send me an email and leave me a comment because I'd be interested to know. Um, I don't see the women's movement being a movement that is interested in the rights and the humanity of black women. And I think that this is something that we have to look at. Who are we serving when we join these movements? And how are we being served, if at all, when we join these movements? I think that the energy that we should expend in establishing uh, recognition of our rights really needs to be uh, uh, managed first at home. You know, the, the saying, charity starts at home, then spreads abroad. If we have not done this or established this for ourselves, what do we look like joining a movement to establish this for somebody else? And we have to be very, very self-interested today because no one else is interested in honoring us, respecting us. Um, and so this, this meme, the smartest thing a woman can learn is to never need a man, you know, it is not in our nature to be divided against and be divided from our men. That is not in our nature. That is not how we were, uh, how they found us when we were um, living amongst ourselves on the continent of Africa. We were uh, working in civilized societies with each other, in unity and, 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 and with families with each other. We didn't have this brokenness. We didn't have this destruction until after this 400-year experience. And so much of what we see today is a result of that. And I think that we have to make sure we keep this in perspective. You know, this women's movement, I have not seen them speaking out boldly about the brutality that's being perpetrated, not just against black women, but also against black girls. Um, I was reading a book about the, the kind of mistreatment that black girls suffer in the public educational system, where the things that black girls do to uh, have resilience or the, the tone, the language, the attitude, basically the coping skills that black girls um, uh, employ is looked at, or these coping skills are looked at in a very, very negative way from, um, by the, those who are establishing policies and those who have the ability to diagnose or those who have the ability to um, develop an IEP. You know, we talk about the prison, uh, the, the preschool to prison pipeline for our black boys, but this exists for our black girls as well. Um, there, is, there, there is an attack on our children um, and just like our boys are being singled out, and our girls are as well, and, and the prison population, you know, amongst black women and young black girls is high. And when I see these young ladies who are caught up in this, uh, you know, the criminal justice system, the ones that I see, the ones that I talk to, quite frankly, they're there because of something that's happening in their homes and in their communities. So our targeted effort to empowering um, our women and our girls has to start at home because there's a lot that's happening. Um, there's neglect. There's uh, miseducation. Um, and, you know, I have a, 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 a good friend who I, I want to bring back on the podcast, Cher McCall, who works with young people. In a conversation I had with her, she talked about the kind of trauma that's happening in the school system, you know, and, and our young ladies are being traumatized. I'm sure we all saw the video 
where we saw the police officer throw this young girl out of a desk and body slam her. I mean, who, who would treat a child like this? But these are the injustices that our girls are suffering. And not once have I had uh, any uh, observation of the women's movement taking a stand and speaking boldly about that. Another thought that comes to mind about this, uh, this meme that I just find ridiculous, the smartest thing a woman can learn is to never need a man. You know, as, you know, as black women, we have taken great pride in identifying ourselves as independent women. Um, and I've never seen any other group of women um, take such pride and honor in being independent, in having their own, in not needing a man. Because other women have men who will protect them, who are building for them, um, who are creating laws and policy to suit you know, their communities. And here we are, you know, standing proudly on this word of independence and this point of, you know, I don't need a man. Now, before I, we even get to talking about, you know, needing a man in a romantic um, companionship way, I mean, quite frankly, if a man breaks into my house, I want a man to respond to that, who can deal with that. Um, I want a man who can um, be a protector. I want, I want men to put other men in check. Um, because, again, that has been our experience. Because our men were neutralized, our men were brutalized, and our men were uh, infused with fear and lacked the ability to protect us, then we were at the will of another man and his uh, <clears throat> wicked intentions towards us and his breaking up of our families and his abusing sexually and otherwise our children because of the inability and the brokenness of our men, of our men, to um, protect us. So this independent woman language, we have to be very careful um, with using that. And, and we say so proudly, and I always wonder, okay, how do Asian women or Indian women, what do they think about that when they see this black woman standing up so proudly talking about I'm an independent woman? Now, I know that we say things sometimes to, to maybe lessen the blow of the harsh reality. So, you know, instead of saying I'm sad because my man has been so broken, we may say, well, I'm independent and I don't need a man. You know, I know that maybe because there was dysfunction in our relationship and our husband or our children's father may have left the home or there may have been an incarceration. Um, but to say, I'm independent, I don't need a man, that, that's not the solution. If you're doing it and if you're managing and if you're doing it by yourself, then, then that's fine. But I think to, um, to, to put a highlight on the point of that word independence, because hearing that, it's obvious that you're talking about in the absence of a man. And I remember, you know, a couple songs that came out, you know, a few years ago. I think Neo had one and Jamie Foxx had another. And these were grown men singing about they had a woman who had her own. And, and I thought, you know, I thought men wanted to be needed. Not necessarily just as a provider, but I thought men came to solve problems and men came to, 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 to you know, help fix the broken pieces but it sounds like these men are happy and sing and singing about women who don't need them um i know that women have sang about that but 
it saddened me that we had devolved to such an extent that even now men are singing <laughs> about being happy that a woman, you know, has her own. I've overheard strange conversations where men talking about, you know, uh, you know, I only date women who have, uh, you know, who make a certain income or I only date women who have their own this or who have their own that. And I thought, well, man, well, then what is your contribution exactly? You know, she doesn't need another son to take care of. Like, so, so what are you bringing to the table? And it is, it is unnatural for us to be in a relationship with each other and to not have a contribution, whether it's brother and sister, you know, siblings in a home, whether that's um, co-workers and employees. I mean, a company needs everybody there to, to run it. There's no one employee saying, I'm independent. No, that's why you have a co-worker, because you are co-working, you know, a job together to solve a problem or to create a product. But we bring this into our own societies, into our own homes of this independent talk, you know. And, I mean, when we think about it, even nations aren't independent. You know, right now the American government is trying to deal with this, you know, trade with other nations. Um because economies need trade, and that's how America and these other these nations are able to hurt um, nations like North Korea or Libya, Libya is because they put an embargo there. They stop other nations who are their allies from doing any business with them because nations are interdependent. So we have to be careful about the language that we use because if nations are interdependent, how do we look? talking about I'm a black woman and I'm independent. Independent from who? You bought your car from somebody. You bought your house from somebody. If your plumbing stops working, then you need to call a plumber. Your sewage is being uh, 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 taken away from your house by a system that your local municipality is um, operating. So how and where are we independent? There is no such thing as independence. And so I think this is something that we have to be very careful about because this is a destructive and divisive language. Um, and, 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 and in it, we're telling our sons that they don't have to make a contribution because we're just going to do it all and we don't require or desire anything from them. And they are needed and our girls need to know that they are needed. Um, and our boys must know that they too are needed. And so I've seen women who talk about, you know, I got my degrees and I got my education and I'm doing it on my own. But let's, let's remember, though, that education does not necessarily equal degrees. Education, when a person is educated, she or he has the ability to use the knowledge that they have to prevent problems or to solve problems. And if we're not preventing and solving problems, then we have to question the education that we have. Um, so, you know, I want us to be careful about the, the language and the ideas that we're consuming. Um, because, again, just like, you know, what we eat physically impacts us physically, what we consume mentally, emotionally, and spiritually is also going to impact us mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And, um, you know, there are people who are putting these messages out there. You know, I don't know if they're hurt, bitter women. I don't know if there's someone, you know, behind the mask that's putting this out there, hoping that black women will take it up as a, as a mantra to, you know, maintain the division and the destruction in our families. But I think it's time that we be on high alert. You know, everybody's hashtag woke, but, you know, many of us sometimes uh, miss these kinds of attacks, these targeted attacks, 
on our, you know, on our mentality. And, and this is just not healthy. The smartest thing a woman can learn is to never need a man. That is untrue. That is ridiculous. And sometimes with social media, you know, we want a hand clap, you know, high five, fist bump, you know, and kind of pass these things on. But we have to be careful what we're passing on, you know, because a lot of this stuff is just destructive. It's nonsense. You know, if we were to overhear men talking about how they didn't need women, you know, men talking about how I'm independent, men talking about, you know, uh, I could do it without a woman, that's questionable. And, 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 and it's offensive. And, and it should make us uncomfortable. And I'm sure that this makes men uncomfortable, or at least I hope it would, especially our black men. And, you know, I'm going to speak up about it. I think that if a man spoke up about it, then, you know, he would probably be come under attack and, you know, he would probably be lambasted and he might be accused of misogyny or chauvinism. But, you know, let's be clear. Life is about interdependency. Now, certainly, you know, when you're studying for your test, it's an independent project. You know, you have to study. You have to take the test by yourself. But once we take the test and we come out of the classroom, we have to apply our knowledge in a civilization and in a society. And society have people who are interdependent on one another. So let's not be confused about these messages. Let us know what women's empowerment really is. It's about having knowledge uh, and, and wisdom and understanding and applying truth to solve our problems. Again, I say the smartest thing a woman can learn is the difference between truth and falsehood, between divine guidance and, uh, and, and evil misguidance. And I think that, uh, sister, I think we're being under, I think we're under attack. And I just would remind us also to be careful that as we're looking for justice in this American society, be careful that other groups don't hijack our brilliance and our wisdom. You know, I think about Ray Moore and when he was looking to be elected, um, I believe in Alabama, and, you know, a lot of Caucasian women voted for him. And, you know, it was the vote of black women that kept this guy from, from, from not coming into office. And, you know, there were a lot of jokes on social media and in the news about, you know, black women coming to the rescue. We need to come to the rescue of ourselves. I believe that when women vote for people like Ray Moore or people like our current president, who many don't like, um, when, when women are voting for him, it's because they're voting in their interest. We can't say that people are not voting in their interest. When a person casts their vote, they're voting of what they believe or for who they believe is going to operate in their best interest. And as white women are voting in their best interest, black women, we have to start acting in our own best interest. And uh, it's time that we come to save the day in our communities. And um, I think it should start by uh, monitoring the ideas that we allow into our minds and into our minds of our children. I want to thank you again for listening, taking this time with me. Uh, I hope the water was not too much of a distraction for you. The waves crashing and the water chasing up onto the sand. Uh, it's a beautiful sight and uh, I thought that it may not hurt to sit here at the mouth of the Atlantic Ocean and, re and, and record this podcast. Thank you for listening and uh, until next time, stay in peace.
Thank you again for listening to the Nora Speaks podcast. Be on the lookout for another episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, norazahira.com. Or if you have a listener question that you would like me to answer on air, you can email me at questions at norazahira.com. You can also follow me on Facebook at Noor Zahira Muhammad and on Instagram at Noor Z20. I'll be sure to include links to the above in today's show notes. If this show has value to you, please like and subscribe and share it out with family and friends and be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.